0: Hey everybody, you're listening to episode 26 of the Class Intercom Engage in Your School Story podcast. This week, Taylor Siebert sits down with Laura Kroll, who is the K-12 principal at Exeter Milligan Public Schools in Nebraska. Laura talks a lot about small school life and how she can be the elementary and now a high school principal and a volleyball coach and a social media promoter, all under one building. Digital citizenship education at Exeter Milligan and some advice for rural schools who might not yet
1: be using social media in their schools. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Laura. Thanks for joining us, Laura. I am super excited to have you on the show today. We're not in person, but thanks to technology, we can do this over the phone. So thanks for taking the time.
0: Well, I am super excited that you asked me. So thank you very much for the invitation.
1: Absolutely. So I always like to start these off. We'll just get started right away. Uh, we're chatting here during the school day, so I appreciate that taking the time. But just your educational journey—where, how did you end up at Extra Milligan Public Schools?
0: Well, I don't know for sure how far you want me to go back. I could let's say, go way back. You know, I was I was born in Tecumseh. Okay. Um, no, actually, I I am from Tecumseh, so I'm from a, a small town. Um, I graduated from. Cruz State College, I played basketball there, and um, uh, right out of uh, college, I got an interview at Milligan. At that point in time, we were not um, a consolidated school district, and I was hired at Milligan in 92, and I taught a combination classroom, so I taught third and fourth grade for quite a few years, um, and probably, I think it's, you know, let's see, 17 years I taught in the classroom either third and fourth grade or just fourth grade um after teaching in the classroom we implemented a reading program that required an an instructional coach and so i left the classroom to be an instructional coach for um, two years and went from classroom to classroom just um, kind of team teaching with with uh, my elementary teachers and then after that I um the administrative job here as elementary principal was uh became um open and so I then became the elementary principal and I was the elementary principal for six years and this is actually my first year as K through twelve principal. So I have twenty five years total either here at, at Exeter Milligan or Milligan prior to the consolidation. So
1: Wow, I've been okay. in the same place, yeah,
0: all 25 years, just in different roles.
1: So that's that's pretty unique. As I have conversations yeah. with people, I think that's really cool, especially at a small school that you know you stayed there that whole time. So you have a lot of clout over Paul. Then you can really tell him, "Hey, I've I been like here longer." I like to
0: think so. <laughs> I like to think so, Taylor. He might he might disagree with that, yeah. but I like to think so. He okay. always says, as he sends me out an email, he always say. In case you have an opinion,
1: and I say, <laughs>
0: "Well, of course I have an opinion." So yeah, that's, that's kind of a joke between us because you that's know I'm awesome. not gonna go by without an opinion. So yeah, yes, yeah.
1: that's good. That that makes us better, right? Exactly, exactly. If you don't
0: want my opinion, you might not want to ask for it. Yep, yep.
1: <laughs> so small school life, small communities. You've you're from it. You're you're in it just wanted you to share about that and all the different hats you have to wear. So you've, and you just kind of went through that, but what that, what's that like your volleyball coach, you promote social media, you're just kind of involved in all these different things. What's that like? What makes that special, you know, for you and, and obviously your kids going up through that same, same kind of environment.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, um, you're from it, you're in it, you live it. I mean, that's, that's what I know. And I think, in a small school system, you get to know a little bit about a lot of things, and so that that part of it I like a lot wearing the different hats you know I'm involved in the curriculum on a pretty regular basis um, school improvement on a regular basis, just in the not to mention the ins and outs of of just the daily routines of everything that goes on so you just get in the small school, I think you just get a little bit of Everything. So um, when you say that you wear several different hats, it's true because you know I don't have an assessment and curriculum director, and I don't have um, an assistant principal, and so you know you kind of get to do a lot of of, of many different things. And so I think that part of my job um, is special to me because I like being involved in those different areas. There's never a boring day at, <laughs> at school for sure. So.
1: And then coaching, what's that been like and and take us through that kind of journey and and all the success you guys have had on the volleyball court?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, Um, it has been the most awesome experience. I guess I feel like I get the best of both worlds, which is why it's been so much fun to be at a school district this size and still be able to coach. I'm sure if I was at a larger district, I probably would have to – Mm-hmm. have uh let that let that part of of my day go by and and not coach but um I'm lucky enough to be able to be a part of that and um I started coaching with Darcy uh Coach White. Um I think we've been coaching together 12 years. Wow. Um yeah, and so I really feel like I have the best of both worlds in that I get to work with the little kids, I get to work with the big kids, I get to see the classroom side of the And the educational side of what kids do every day, but then I get to also experience that on the um, athletic side of things too. So I really feel very fortunate in being able to be a part of all of those things. Um, uh, In the last nine years, we've been in volleyball, we've been to state eight times. Mm -hmm. Um, We have five um, championship um, banners hanging in the gym, Uh, we have a runner up. And we have two third place banners that we are, we have decided that we're going to purchase banners for third place. And so, um, yeah, so it's been just the most awesome experience. I can't even tell you, Um, I guess, you know, especially this past year is probably going to be the most memorable of all the volleyball seasons, just because we ended the school year last year, not even knowing for sure what this year was going to bring because uh, we finished or we we concluded a a school board meeting in march of last spring thinking that we were going to have seven girls out and during that school board meeting there was a conversation about um co oping we actually had um, some representatives from neighboring districts that were at our school board meeting um you know inviting us to co-op with them and uh, we had had a conversation, or a meeting with Paul and I, superintendent, with the girls about what they wanted to do as far as um, giving them some say in: do we co-op or do we um, continue as Exeter Milligan? And they were all very passionate about wanting to continue as Exeter Milligan, even though there was a good possibility that we we would only have seven girls out. Um, wow. We have. We share, you know, um seasons with the golf team and so we have some girls that play golf. We also co op with um Fillmore Central with softball. So we right. kind of spread our girls out with three different sports in the fall, which um makes it a little bit more difficult to increase your numbers on the volleyball court. But um so we decided, you know, if we had seven girls out, we were gonna to try to make it work and I wrote a little news article for our um school uh, paper and it just talked about leaving that meeting thinking we were only going to have seven girls out. And I looked at Coach White and I said, you know, and I said, I said, people are just going to be really surprised when a year from now we're going to be um, state champs. And she just <laughs> looked at me and she said, well, I hope you're right. And I hope this <laughs> works. And by golly, if we didn't do it. So oh you know, what so a I, story. I can't even tell you. Yeah, I can't. I had even no tell idea. so. Yeah. I know a lot of people didn't until until we were um had an interview with uh, you know, some of our volleyball girls after that state championship in November had um been interviewed um on T V and I mm-hmm. think it was Tara Mueller that had mentioned that there wasn't going to be you know, they didn't even know if we were gonna have enough for a team and here we have um, medals around our necks. Yeah. So um it, it was a very, very special year and lots of tears of joy and just, you know, knowing that uh that all happened, not known with all the uncertainty of what was going on in the meantime, so yeah, yeah, oh, I think it says a lot about our school and our our kids' efforts, and I guess that's kind of why I like to post things to social media. I like to promote what we're doing and and um, I want people to know that um Exeter Milligan is a great place to to be, so
1: that's absolutely that's kind
0: of all of that so that's what
1: makes small schools special right you know is and I one of the things that popped in my head and then we'll kind of shift gears here a little bit but this is I'm so glad you told that story is you know you mentioned you've been coaching for 12 years you've seen these girls since they were in elementary right and seeing them in school the school kind of education and learning and then on the court and just how rewarding that's been just to see them grow and become women and and uh be successful I think that's just incredible.
0: Well, Taylor, as you say that, I just I honestly get goosebumps thinking about that because <laughs> right. that's why we're in education. You know, right. that's why we're in education, being able to, you know, watch them grow as little kiddos and then yeah. play play through the, you know, the sports arenas and then um and then, you know, one day they're contacting you telling you that they're in a, you know, have a an opportunity for an advancement in a business situation and would like a letter of recommendation for you <laughs> from you and you know, I, I just this a uh, couple weeks ago, I was uh, sitting in a uh, beauty salon in a chair, getting my hair colored by a former player and a uh, student of mine and who was sitting next to me in another chair was another former player and another <laughs> student of mine. And they're all have kids and they're grown and have their own lives. And um, I could have sat there all day and had a conversation with those two gals. So I just think that that's what that's why we are in education.
1: Absolutely. That's fantastic. We could probably just end the podcast right there, but we <laughs> right. do want to talk a little bit about social media and sure. and a platform that we always look at and in Twitter and just how that's opened up a lot of different opportunities and how educators like yourself have taken advantage of that to just learn and grow and connect. And so just wanted you to share kind of your thoughts on that in general and your first tweet. And I got to, I, I know I've asked you about your Twitter handle, but I'll get your thoughts first.
0: Okay. Well, um, I started thinking about, you know, when when was my first tweet? You know, when <laughs> when did I start Twitter? And so I actually did a little, you know, Google and all I it did is. was my first tweet, you know, and so um I don't know how you pronounce this, but it's Tweage or Twi I don't know, T W I A G E dot com. And uh I just plugged that in and it said as of today. I have been tweeting for 8 years 9 months and 14 days. Oh, cool. And so I started in 2009. Wow, you were some. early. Yeah, and um I don't I'm sure um nobody knows this person, but Craig Badura, yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> he's the one that kind of got me started. I started an account and my first interaction on Twitter was with him and I was talking about Evernote and so he really kind of got on that Evernote bandwagon and promoting Evernote and telling anybody that's interested in Evernote to contact me. And so honestly, that's kind of where um, I started was um, by just having conversations about some professional tools with Craig Badura and kind of a quick, funny story here with with Craig. Um, When he first started following me and interacting with me on Twitter, I checked his bio. And at that point in time, I was new to Twitter, so I had no idea what you know, the location sign for Twitter was, and so I looked to see where he was from, and it had like a U, a capital U with two dots above it and a T, and I'm like, oh, well, this guy's from Utah. Hmm, that's pretty cool. I'm talking to some guy from Utah, and so, you know, we talked back and forth for a year about just different things as far as Evernote goes and just other professional um, tools, and one day he had asked me if I was going to be going to this Um, technology integration group meeting. And I was like, wow, how did he know that? Do they have that in Utah too? And, (laughs) and uh, I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm going to one, he's going to one, he's in Utah, I'm in Nebraska. And I contact him and he goes, no, I live in Aurora. I'm from, <laughs> I I I teach in York, Nebraska, you goof. And so, you know, it's funny because we had probably interacted for an entire year before I realized he was just 35 miles away. And we met for the very first time after probably over a year of interacting on Twitter at ESU 6 in Milford. And it was funny because we just beeline towards each other and gave each other a hug. That was the first time we had ever even met each other face to face. So, yeah, so that that gives you a little bit of what Twitter does
1: for you professionally. So (laughs) That's that's an awesome story. So I, I I've never heard that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, your Twitter handle is not your name, but explain what. Is that your maiden name, I've heard you it say It is
0: my maiden name. Okay. Yeah, it is my maiden name. Um originally my thought to um jumping on Twitter was to try to find some old classmates. Oh, you know, I okay. wasn't on Facebook. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, the classmates are gonna know me by my maiden name. Right. And so, you know, my Twitter my my Twitter handle, I have Laura Kroll You know, on Twitter, but yeah. um my maiden name is my um Twitter handle just because at the time I thought were if anybody's going to be looking for me and I'm going to reconnect with some high school friends it's going to be through my maiden name so um I've never changed it just because once you kind of you know get people get used to finding you on Twitter or following you on Twitter um that's kind of what they know you by so I have just kept it and and so that's kind of the story behind using my maiden name my husband and I Actually, we went to high school together. We weren't high school sweethearts because he was a senior and I was a a seventh grader. So, And at that time, that sounds terrible, but we're just five years (laughs) apart. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the story behind um, why I use at Mandry for my Twitter handle.
1: Cool. I love it. And then something that caught my eye that I've seen you tweeting about, which I love, and I just wanted to kind of get the story behind that was the – 7am motivation uh tweets you copied me on it today which i love that yeah. that quote yeah. and just kind of how that started and i think that's a, just a great way to build community around and and who that's kind of audience is for
0: right well um i kind of started because i i guess i just feel like in my position as as the principal uh, you know i i guess i feel like my job is to kind of motivate people to want to be their best, motivate people to want to come to school, motivate people. Right. I guess I just feel like that's what, I, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be motivating teachers and kids to just want to be their best every day. And so um, I actually started that um, motivation through the Remind app. And okay. So yeah. I just I let the teachers voluntarily. If you want to, you know, a um, little motivation quote every morning, sign up for my remind, and it'll shoot you a text or an email or whatever. So I started it through. The remind app and then um, and there's probably an easy way to do this for those tech gurus if I if it goes <laughs> to remind it can automatically shoot out to Twitter but right. I do do double double so I started posting it to Twitter because I thought hey if it's helping my staff and and they're getting excited about it um, I'm just gonna post it out there to Twitter so that other educators that need a little pick me up every morning can can um, grab that quote and if it helps them great and if they use it someplace else that's great too and it's actually started some relationships some professional relationships on twitter through just that um posting that 7am motivation minute to twitter every morning people will respond and say hey thanks i'm going to use that in my you know with my pre-service teachers i know a, a guy from york had, had tweeted that he was going to use that quote the quote that i had posted that morning with his pre-service teachers in mm-hmm. class that that evening and so um that's kind of the motivation behind Posting that to Twitter every morning, and I tagged you because I thought that uh, today because we talked right. about you're very very instrumental in getting schools to tell their story, and so that quote kind of went along with telling your story, and so I tagged you in it, so yeah,
1: absolutely that's- I love that that's really cool. I'm glad you shared or I'm glad I kind of caught that and then you tagged me on it this morning, yeah, so shifting gears just a little bit on the you know educational side of things and you know, we just were talking before we hit record just about digital citizenship, and I had two questions, and we're going to combine those, but how early do you think we should start educating students about social media, digital citizenship, um, and specifically at Extra Milligan, and in general, your your opinion in, in all of education?
0: Well, um, I guess, you know, when kids first started or when technology first became pretty popular and and doing some one-to-one things in your in your school we're one-to-one with um, macbook airs in our high school we have been i think for eight years and we are one-to-one with um, ipads in our elementary we are have a split elementary we're half of the elementary's in milligan and half the elementaries in exeter and and um, it used to be, well, who teaches digital? You know, people would ask, or administrators would ask, how do you teach digi- digital citizenship, and who does that in in your school? And you kind of de- you kind of designated somebody to be your person that teaches digital c- citizenship. And I guess through you know the thought process of what all that entails, I guess I feel like if you're putting a device in somebody's hand and you've got a kiddo that whose brain isn't completely developed at eight by age 25 and makes <laughs> those uh rational decisions, I feel like it's everybody's responsibility to teach digital citizenship, so I guess you know, like you said before you hit record, I just had said had told you that I feel like if we're putting a device of any kind in a in a kid's hat, hand then um it's everybody's responsibility to make sure that they know something about their their about digital citizenship and the and the digital footprint that they're they're creating, and so we kind of take on that um thought. I guess at, at extra Milligan, we do have a media specialist that does do some, um, a digital citizenship, um, formal, um, instruction at the elementary level, but, um, it's everybody's responsibility, you know, to, to make sure that kids are acting appropriately, um, on those machines. So,
1: right. And, and something that just popped in my head that I think is an interesting, kind of what's happening as you know I have a kindergartner now and and a three-year-old two boys as they start to to get devices in their hands it starts at home right I mean exactly. some of these kids are coming into school be uh, coming to school and already have been interacting with these devices and so if they're not getting that guidance at home then that's setting them at a huge disadvantage in the educational system to go okay wow we've got to totally reset their mind, and then they're going to go home and everything's going to be taught to them differently. And so we really have to get this, get on the same page. I don't know if what you do with parents, but I know Common Sense Media, we had a conversation with them the last couple of weeks and they're, you know, putting a lot of resources in just educating parents, right. With their reviews and stuff like that. So it's a whole, it's the whole thing. You know, I can't, you know, we got to have it happen in schools, but at home too. Right. And I'm sure you would echo well, and that I think- same thing.
0: I think you're exactly right, Taylor, because, you know, a lot of the social media apps, you're not supposed to be able to create an account until age 13 or older. And then you find out that some of these kiddos, the elementary kiddos that are coming to school with cell phones already, you know, mm-hmm. they're on their cell phones. I do. I'm at the bus stop at 730 in the morning in Milligan. And we, I've got little, you know, I guess I say little, but I've got some, you know, third graders that have their cell phones out and they're on, on the bus and I see Snapchat up and I'm thinking, oh, I know okay. you're not 13, right. you know, so they're they're creating social media accounts, Um, you know, through their parents' permission. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping and, and maybe not, but I'm, I'm guessing that their parents know that they're on social media um, or on a on a um, site that's that has an age requirement. And so you're exactly right. Um, you know, they don't the devices don't stop at school. They take them yep. home with them. And so that responsibility lies with with the teachers. But it, it definitely relies with the um uh relies on the parents to to keep themselves informed and so we have a rollout um and we will have a um one just we're doing something a little bit different when we roll out this um fall and uh we'll have uh karen hazy and i think we've already booked her to come during our during our rollout and do some things um conversations with parents um in order for the, the kids to have their laptops they will um be uh required to listen to what karen hazy has to say about digital citizenship and what all that entails and and um uh she'll be talking to both the students and the and the parents so
1: yeah i think that's that's key we need, need more of that so that's kudos to you guys for for recognizing that i wanted to Talk about and have you share just kind of in general, the district and your guys' kind of approach to social media. I know you guys have even, I don't know if you still are um, using Google+, Plus, but just kind of all the different places. And then I think you guys do a great job and there's other districts that do as well, but just you personally. Um, promoting your district. I know Paul does a great job with his personal account. And now you guys have integrated Class Intercom, which I think has had a good impact in getting some students involved. Kind of in general, from a district perspective, share a little bit about social media that you guys are doing.
0: Okay. Well, um, like you said, we started with Twitter. And I think um, uh, I remember um, when I started with with Twitter with the teachers, Um, I think that they were a little bit reluctant just because they, you know, it's, it's a little bit scary to think, you know, if I'm putting something out there, am I offending somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, is somebody going to take it the wrong way because you don't have that tone and, and stuff as far as, um, creating posts. And so when I first started on Twitter, I really, really wanted to get my teachers involved because I saw the professional benefits of making those connections with professional other professionals and um creating that professional learning network network with just myself. And so in order to get the teachers more involved and I'm talking at the elementary level because at that time I was just the elementary principal, yeah. um, we would have staff meetings where I created challenges um that caused them to have to use Twitter. In order to complete the challenge and so um, yeah. it was kind of just hooking those teachers into getting on Twitter and it, it might have been something as as simple as um, finding an article or something on through a tweet on Twitter that um, you feel is um, helpful to you in your classroom and bring the name of that person from the Twitter handle that person where you receive that tweet to um, our staff meeting and you will earn a jeans day and it was oh, amazing yeah. because teachers that. do anything for jeans days. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, I think I feel like I promoted Twitter first and foremost because I felt it was so valuable. We have, at, at, you know, you know, you kind of um, uh, talked about the extra million being a small school district. So, Uh, We only have one first grade teacher. We only have one second grade teacher. So if you want to get some content specific materials, you're going to have to find other first grade teachers to help you with that or other second grade teachers to help you with that. And so what better way than through Twitter? So um, that's kind of how I started to promote Twitter. And then, um, you know, we do have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook account. We have a Snapchat account, um, just like what you had uh, mentioned. and we can use, um, class intercom to help with all of that. And, um, we do that through our journalism class. And so our journalism class uses class intercom and, and, um, they tweet out all the things that are going on, um, for the week and anything additional. So, uh, that's how we do it district wide. And this is our first year of doing that. So, uh, there's four girls in the journalism class that, That um, are doing things with class intercom and um, I think that that is working out really well because that is gives them that ownership and I think it starts to get the rest of the kids interested in oh what are those four kids what are those four kids doing and and what does that look like and so um, I think it's been very very beneficial to have class intercom and have the kids be able to use that service and have that voice themselves instead of the tweet the the teachers tweeting out those things so
1: yeah those girls have done yeah. a great job and i hope that you know our mission is to give these students an opportunity to to do something like that in high school so they can figure out wait maybe this is something i want to do later on in life and because now that's a job is to manage social media and so they've done a a fantastic job and looking forward to seeing that continue to grow there. So last question well, as I we, think go ahead, go ahead. I
0: just, I was just going to say, I think um, um, I've, I've tweeted this out a couple of times and, and I don't know if I've tagged strive and I probably should have, but um, Kelsey Bigelow who is in the um, uh, journalism class, she yeah. is commentating through strive uh, when we have home basketball games, she will set up um, and uh, during strive a uh, live broadcast and yeah. will Commentate the boys' games after she's played an entire girls' game. Oh, I didn't know
1: that. um, Or maybe I saw and forgot. Very cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and she's interested in um, sports broadcasting, and so that's something that she's, you know, has has uh, been able to experience through Strive and through Class Intercom, and so it's been very exciting. So, Yeah. yeah. So, kudos to you and all the services that you bring to our school districts that allow us to tell our stories and to also allow students those experiences because that's what we're here for. That's what it's about.
1: So I love it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Thank you. So as we kind of wrap things up, just kind of, I always like to close things with any advice you have and specifically to, to rural schools, that's where you're at, but just in general that maybe haven't kind of, that hasn't clicked yet to to utilize social media and provide these types of opportunities, what would you tell them, and, and any advice to those folks?
0: Well, I think it always kind of amazes me when I do go to conferences and I talk to other administrators at small schools who aren't yet involved in Twitter or aren't in, haven't haven't grasped that value of social media. Because I think if they just spent, you know, a very short amount of time just checking out other schools' hashtags or checking out what others, just go visit another school that's involved in um, social media. Um, I think that they would see just the huge benefits of being involved in that, in promoting your schools, in get, gathering information, in um, giving kids experiences that they wouldn't otherwise experience. Yep. And I, I just feel like there's such a chunk of – Educational opportunities that they're missing out on if they don't broaden those horizons and start looking at going that direction and getting their kids involved um I just think that it's it, it you know the the, the you know um, future is um making connections and yeah. knowing how to use technology and and knowing how to use technology responsibly and I just think that it's a disservice if you don't promote what's going on at your school and get kids involved in that way. And, and so I guess that's my plug for um, getting on social media is just um, those additional educational opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise be, that wouldn't otherwise be available to you.
1: Absolutely. And that's, we talked about that at um, the, at Dorchester that day, right? Some of the things right. we're looking for with companies and just those I think you would call them soft skills and communicate, taking feedback and just getting kids more of those types of experiences. I think that's what I <clears throat> what I believe kind of my personal mission is, is to continue to, to help schools with that and folks like you and just be a resource and, and keep feeding into that. Because I was that kid. Right. I I wasn't great at a lot. I was an average student. right? I had to work really hard to get average grades. And so I want to help those type of kids say, you know, hey, maybe maybe this is what you you could do, you know, later because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And most kids don't, and I think that's okay. You don't need to have a career picked out in college, but you or in high school, but you need to get lots of different experiences so you know what you're interested in, right?
0: Well, exactly. And and like you said, you know, when you were sitting on that panelist um there in Dorchester and and um you know they started talking about what is um important to the job skill set at their particular businesses. And like you and I said I don't none of the things that they talked about, you know, they talked about taking critical feedback and they talked about um knowing how to interact with other people and and those types of things and it's like I had mentioned to you afterwards that um those aren't things that are on a state test. So, how do you get kids those experiences um so that they they are prepared and I think uh the more opportunities that you give them um, the better off they're going to be. And, and there's definitely those opportunities out there through social media that may not otherwise be right in the walls of your your own school building.
1: So, 100%. That's very well said. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show, Laura. We appreciate you letting us share your story, and we hope everyone that was listening learned something new. I know I learned something uh, about The volleyball team and and just kind of all the different things you're doing so that can help everyone else go out really just share their school story that's that's the goal and what we want to do with this podcast so thanks again
0: well thank you taylor and thank you for everything that you're doing to help the school um it, it is hugely beneficial
1: awesome thanks laura
0: thank you